Welcome to the Neil World Order Podcast. Hope everybody is having a lovely Saturday. Um, just sitting here, chilling in the Southern Comfort Zone. Um, we all have that band or artist that we just, that we love, you know, that we really, I don't know, I guess identify with, feel with. Um, maybe nobody really gets it or... You know, maybe that thing, it's like a guilty pleasure that you just kind of enjoy by yourself. Um, you know, maybe the music represents a time in your life or just something like that. Um, I think for me, that band is Nine Inch Nails. Um, as much as, like, how Bob Seger is so much of, like, growing up and just life and, you know living and getting older and you know good times I, I you know that part of your personality I think nine inch nails to me represents the dark parts of my personality I guess um you know the uh I don't know maybe the insecurity the fr the frailty the uh, the sadness or hopelessness you felt at times or just you know anger or you know, just, it, it's hard to describe. Um, you know, and I'll be the first to say that people are, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. And it's an odd, you know, correlation because Bob Seger's a rock and roll institution. You know, and Nine Inch Nails, I mean, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. But um, it's like a vice you have. It's something that that once you once you listen to it, once you feel it, it's 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 forever ingrained in you. It may not be something that's there every day, but it it surfaces from time to time, and you have to indulge it, and you have to just like last night when I was uh, door dashing, I was actually chatting with our boy uh, Nate Hansen from Hansen Screen Printing about it as well. Like, like Nine Inch Nails is just, it, it's it's pure genius, honestly. Um, I'll be honest, and most of the time I don't ever listen to them with anyone else around because if someone's not feeling it, you know, it, it kind of will take away from that thing you get when you hear the music or sing along or just listen to the words. Um, you know, and, and I think about some of the lyrics, um, you know, I tried... But I gave up. Um, I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. After everything I've done, I hate myself for what I've become. There's, you know, um, from the song, something I can never have. In this place, it seems like such a shame, though it all looks different now. I know it's still the same. Like, I, I feel like I've never really expressed my affection for Nine Inch Nails. You know, and Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, I mean, I think there was a period where, like, all I did was wear Nine Inch Nails t-shirts or black, just plain black t-shirts. Um, you know, because for the most part, Nine Inch Nails is Trent Reznor. And his genius, I believe Atticus Ross was eventually added as part of the band years later.
but uh, you know, there's a band he tours with, but all of it is pretty much derived from Trent Reznor, who's actually won two Academy Awards uh, for Best Score in 2010 with The Social Network, and last year he won for Soul. The I don't know if you guys ever saw that. That's, I think it's a Pixar film. It's on Disney+. Plus. It was actually really good. Um, it's crazy to think, though, that Trent Reznor has more Oscars than Al Pacino, Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese, Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp. Um, almost a who, who's who list in Hollywood, but it's true. Uh, formed in 1988 in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, the band's first release was Pretty Hate Machine, which came out in... 1989, and honestly had some of their best stuff, stuff that's still amazing to this day, had like a whole sin, uh, terrible lie, which was the opening song they performed in their iconic Woodstock 94 performance, which if you've never seen that, see that, um, I believe that was their only release with TVT Records, as, uh, Trent Reznor had issues with them, in the manner in which they were promoting, the album, and he felt they weren't doing enough, and it wasn't, I know, it, it just, they had different visions, so eventually he left TVT Records, or they were bought out, his contract was bought out by Interscope Records, and in 1992, Nine Inch Nails would release the EP Broken, which was actually my first Nine Inch Nails tape, yes, cassette tape, as in not a CD, not an MP3, a cassette tape. Um, and I think at the time I was in this period, I was probably a junior in high school. I was always into finding new artists and had seen them on, uh, I believe it was MTV's 120 minutes. I don't think it was headbangers ball. And I purchased the tape at Cookville, Tennessee's own sound shop right there in the mall is, and I, I don't think that place is even still around. I know the mall is kind of. I think it has, what, a Planet Fitness and a Cracker Barrel, and I don't know what else is in there. It's been years since I've gone near the mall, I'll be honest, Anytime I'm back to visit. Um, the Broken EP features some great music. Uh, Wish, uh, Happiness and Slavery, Gave Up, uh, and Pinion, which, um, if you've ever seen Nine Inch Nails live, uh, Pinion is sort of their opening song. It's it's just music, and it just kind of goes and goes and goes, and then you know gets louder and faster, and you know, and eventually, bam, the curtain drops, and there they are. Uh, Nine Inch Nails actually does a lot of, um, I guess it would be just music, you know, no lyrics uh, songs on some of their albums. On the Downward Spiral, they had one called A Warm Place, which is amazing. Um, they actually won Grammys for Wish and and also for Happiness and Slavery. On the same Broken EP, they did a cover of Adam Ant's uh, Physical. Um, and usually if you see them in concert, Physical is one of the uh, encores they would perform. Um, I, Adam Ann is great and amazing, and someone we should probably talk about at some point. A lot of you are like, who the fuck is Adam Ant? Um, but I think the Nine Inch Nails version is is way better, you know, with that more aggressive, you know, industrial sound is kind of what that music was called, because there was a lot of, um, 
you know, it's synthesizers and stuff, so it's, it, it sounds like noise um, that's kind of orchestrated into the music. Um, you know, when you see them on stage, there's probably like four or five synthesizers. At some point, Trent Reznor will destroy them all because uh, that's, I guess that's just his process. Um, the next release from Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral. I think that changed everything. You know, Reznor at that point and Nine Inch Nails became mainstream. Um, and it's on a lot of, pretty much any list I've ever seen of the 100 greatest albums of all time. The Downward Spiral is on there. Um, it's sort of a concept album. And what what I mean by that and what a concept album is, it's kind of where the songs go together to tell a story. Um, you know, I think that story is kind of addiction, struggle, depression, anger, regret, hopelessness, self-actualization. And it all just kind of crescendos from the beginning uh, with Mr. Self-Destruct to the end with Hurt. Um, you know, and the album gave... Nine Inch Nails got tons of airplay with the release of Closer on that album, which I think that song always left a bad taste in Trent Reznor's mouth and how it was promoted and how it went mainstream. Um, and everybody knows Closer, you know, the I Want to Fuck You Like an Animal song. Um, it had a really odd video, which was really cool at the same time. Um, it was featured in the movie Seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, which if you've never seen Seven, I believe it was released in 1995, you got to see Seven. Amazing movie. David Fincher's first film, I believe. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, at the time, and even now, it's crazy to think of all the attention that Closer garnered because, one, the lyrics with, you know, like, I want to fuck you like an animal, I want to feel you. I mean, it was kind of a very sexual song. I mean, it was catchy, but like, it's probably not even one of their 25 best songs. You know, I actually recall a concert once, and it might have been at Middle Tennessee State University, where uh, the crowd was actually chanting for Closer, and like Trent Reznor walked off the stage. You know, which I get to an extent, because you that's, that song's, you know, you when you have a, a slew of people in your audience that just... That's the only song they know, which kind of reminds me of years ago. We went and saw, we saw uh, Luke Bryan at Summerfest, and I'm not trying to compare Luke Bryan and Nine Inch Nails, but Brothers Osborne opened, and nobody, like the crowd, was not paying attention to them, not doing anything till they were, they started playing that "It's Not My Fault" song, and then like people went crazy, it's like, oh, that's who these guys are, you know, and it's got to be like, wow, that's so brutal, you know, um, but anyways. You know, and then in the downward spiral was, you know, their their biggest album as far as sales and, you know, the way it was critically received. And it just, I mean, it was a masterpiece. You know, it's, I actually own it on vinyl and I was stoked because I, I feel like I got it at a really great price. Um, you know, I can't say I've even opened it just because it's just one of those things. I just wanted to have it. Um and then, you know, years later, I don't know what it would have been, 2003, 2004, uh, when Johnny Cash would cover Hurt, um, 
and released an amazing video for the song, you know, that even blew Trent Reznor away. That it gave the downward spiral like a whole other lease on life. Kind of like, you know, anytime you have a cover or something happens and, you know, old is made new again. Um, but if you've, ne if you've never listened to the downward spiral, I strongly suggest it. it, it it's an amazing album. You know, maybe every song on there may not be for you, but in the right moment, if you just go where it takes you, it, it, it's very powerful. It's really cool, and it's, you know, it's it, I guess it's awe-inspiring for someone like me who can't play an instrument, has no musical talent, just to see the genius of the, that creation and what that is. Um, the next album, Nine Inch Nails, was a double album, actually, uh, entitled The Fragile, which was, I thought The Fragile was very amazing. I felt like, it, you know, it... It sold very well, but I felt like it didn't get the love it deserved. And maybe that's because the downward spiral had set the bar so high, you know, and when you're there with you that level of success and everything, you know, and Trent Reznor kind of took the music in a new direction. Um, but, it, you know, he was always evolving. And I think, you know, there were things in his personal life that changed as well. Um, you know, from there... You would have the album With Teeth, uh, Year Zero, and then uh, other releases that they did independently, like the Ghost releases. You know, and ultimately, I have no problem saying that, like, Nine Inch Nails is one of the greatest bands of all time. They just are. Um, you don't have to like them to understand what Trent Reznor brought to, the, to rock and roll, to music. Um, hands down, easily one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Um, I would say right there with Andrew McMahon, Jack Manic, I've seen them the most, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, God, I haven't, it's been years. I would say probably 2000, 2001 in Lakeland, Florida was the last time I had seen them live. Um, I had loved. I, I don't even know if he still tour, tours. Um, but you know, if you, you just want to get a feel for what, how may they? There's a lot of YouTube videos of their performances, you know. And with Trent Reznor, you know, like the first time I saw Nine Inch Nails live was at Vanderbilt University. Uh, I think I talked about this way in the beginning of the podcast uh, when we first started Marilyn Manson opened I had no idea who that was and the little rigmarole we had to go through to get the tickets and it was like third fourth row it, it was amazing um, but anyways but go on YouTube and look up Nine Inch Nails Woodstock 94 perf performance it's truly one of the greatest moments in rock and roll history it's it's solidified, you know, it, it's perfect Nine Inch Nails. You know, and I don't want to spoil it for you. Those who know, know. But it's it, it, it's amazing. Like I said, they're not, they're not going to be for everyone. Um, but there's, you know, it's that music that I promise you, once you let it in, it's never going away. You know, that's Nine Inch Nails is almost like it changes you. 
You know, it's like mRNA music. You're not the same person once you've digested it. But definitely check out some Nine Inch Nails, uh, Trent Reznor, from, you know, everything. The EPs, the long albums. You know, if you just listen to Head Like a Hole, listen to More Than Closer, Sin, um, March of the Pigs, Happiness and Slavery. There's so much good stuff. You know, the song for this episode, Every Day, is exactly the same. I mean, it just... It really speaks to, it spoke to me, the song did, when I heard it the other day, and I was just like, one, I was like, how have we never, I never really went into detail on a band that, when I stop and think about it, it was such a big part of my life, in the, um, you know, I would have been, I guess, the early, mid, late 90s, into 2000, and, you know, it was just like, it was a whole thing for me, I mean, if you were around me, you were listening to Nine Inch Nails. You saw me in a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. Like, it was just... I used to have this blue Camaro, and it had a Nine Inch Nails sticker in the middle of the top of the front windshield. I think it was how people knew it was me. You know, just because there was a couple blue Camaros in town, but the Nine Inch thing, Nine Inch Nails decal was right there in the front. And they have a cool logo, so Trent Reznor was a genius when it came to merchandising as well. But yeah, check out Nine Inch Nails. Um, totally cool thing, just to throw out there to go off script. Going to the Packer game tomorrow, Packers-Steelers at Lambeau Field. Um, my father-in-law was gracious enough to invite us to enjoy part of a retirement present he got. So if you're, um, if, you know, my father-in-law was your mailman before, he's not anymore. And, um... I'm kind of envious of being retired. I think, uh, personally, I don't think he'll know what to do with himself because he doesn't sit still. But, um, so yeah, excited for that tomorrow. It's supposed to be a little rainy, but, I mean, last time I went to Lambeau, it was minus 20, and I was in, like, a parka, snow pants, and 47 layers. So this is going to, you know, it's supposed to be 66 and spotty showers. So hopefully they don't lay a turd against the Steelers. Uh, Kevin King, the terrible cornerback, is out, so that's a positive sign. Um, uh, you guys know my love for uh, wrestling and all things wrestling. Uh, I was fortunate enough to a, get a Jake the Snake figure, finally. Uh, my friend Chad, I went to high school with him, uh, runs uh, Music City Toys. You can find him on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. He has his own little shop, and uh, I believe it's in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, he does these cool little Facebook Lives where he does, I wouldn't call them auctions. He calls it like a sale, and you buy stuff. And I was fortunate enough to snag a figure that I've struggled to find in the wild, as we say. But, yeah, if you're a collector, check out uh, Music City Toys and Collectibles uh, and give them a follow. Uh, Chad's a good guy. It's pretty awesome what he does i mean i'm very envious you know he's a huge wrestling fanatic just like me um we'll forgive him for being a dodger fan but um on to the rest of the show i guess now that we've gone 20 minutes already this could be a long one tonight unless i get bored with this other stuff and just stop talking about it so last week we talked about the uh the gabby pettito story the missing murder story and how her boyfriend brian laundry was missing he's still missing or on the run or 
whatever. And the FBI was doing everything they could to find him. Um, which, you know, even though that whole the whole story itself was triggering the the missing uh, white girl syndrome, and you know, people were trying to say it showed a bias and how the news covers missing persons cases that it's different when it's a white person as opposed to a person of color or indigenous person, or if it's one of the gremlins or a dwarf or a troll, whatever. But uh, the story got a an influx of anything because you know. It, it was it's such great ratings for the media let's be real and it captures the attention of american people who seem to welcome any distraction from the real things going this is a real, but like the things that matter i guess for the most part even if this is a morbid story i mean i even saw on one news outlet it referred to uh, gabby pettito as america's daughter like it's tragic what happened but 3 months ago nobody knew who she was like in six months from now, nobody will remember. Um, like, hey guys, remember that uh, condo that collapsed in Florida? Yeah, you probably already forgot, didn't you? But anyways, so enter Dwayne Dog the Bounty Hunter Chapman into the story. And seriously, you guys have all seen this by now. Um, Dog the Bounty Hunter apparently is on the case... It started with a knock that went unanswered on uh, the Laundry family door, but now he's getting tips and he's going to he's going to catch Brian Laundry. You know, he's getting closer every day. Apparently, is what he said. Um, you know, he they were saying in an article apparently he's made more headway in forty eight hours than the FBI did in two weeks. I don't know. I mean, nobody's found the guy. Nobody's really come out with a credit. They tried to say, oh, yeah, he was camping in this one little island thing, but I don't think there was any tangible proof. You know, it's kind of like, well, if you can't prove he didn't and we say he did, what's there to argue, you know? But this whole thing kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? I mean, isn't Dog kind of like the perfect misdirection for this story to stay in the headlines without coming off racially biased? Even though Dog's totally white and couldn't be more white looking like 1980s Diamond Dallas Page. But um, but you look at the story now and the story is Dog. Sure, it's, it's the same story that we've been, you know, trying before. You know, we're trying to find the boyfriend, get the answers as to what happened to uh, Gabby Pettito. You know how she was killed, but dog now becomes the focus of the story, and they can still tell you the same story, and it's not missing white girl, it's dog trying to find this guy, which you know, whatever. I have to say though, if dog eventually finds this guy, it almost comes off like a work, doesn't it? And for those of you that that's a wrestling term for something that's supposed to seem real but it's really orchestrated to work the audience into believing it's real life. Uh, pro wrestling gets laughed at a lot. I know it does. Some of you guys shake your head and like laugh at me about it. But I'll admit, they come up with better storylines than the mainstream media does. You know, and it could just be better writing or better actors. But uh, anyways, like the whole time we've got the dog story going and occupying headlines, you have the government at work trying to pass a $3 billion infrastructure bill that would add wheel taxes, uh, give all kinds of money to illegals, uh, boost 
another stimulus check for certain people, um, raise taxes on businesses. It, it's honestly a lot more about infrastructure. You know, we still have people left in Afghanistan. Um, you know, there's the failure of this administration that can, the issue with, um, getting people back to work. They're not, they're being shortages of everything. Prices continue consistently going up, you know, but right now we're just obsessed with a B-list celebrity in search of America's most wanted person, which you got to wonder if they were really serious about finding this guy, why not hire John Walsh? The guy's made a career out of finding like the most wanted guy. I don't know. Maybe, maybe his price was too expensive or he has a little more integrity than dog and didn't want to be swayed and told what he could say and what to do as easily as dog is. Cause somebody's directing him. He's got a new show coming out. This is all part of it. Um, you know, and then there's this other strange piece of coincidence. Or is it? Um, years ago, a then 14-year-old Gabby starred in a music video bringing attention to the Sandy Hook tragedy in Connecticut. Two big headlines intersecting at the same person. It's peculiar to say the least. Um, at least I think. Uh, I used to honestly believe and be astonished by, like, the existence of coincidence, coincidences. Um, but as I've gotten older, maybe wiser, maybe just way more skeptical and cynical about everything, um, I, I can't say I believe in them anymore. And that's just me being real with you. Um, you know, and it's... <sighs> I stand by what I always tell. Everything happens for a reason. So I guess, you know, we'll stay. I think as of right now, Dog still hasn't found this guy. I don't think there's any new leads. I mean, they say they are, but there aren't any real leads. But um, the next part of this is going to be really funny. This is, We're about to talk about just life. But uh, we all have those weeks, right, where it seems like one thing after another is not going in your favor. Uh I want to pre preface this by saying I have a blessed, amazing life that I would not trade for anything. But sometimes when it rains, it pours. You know, the worst you know is the worst you know. Anyways, so yours truly got audited by the state for a tax issue dating back to 2017. That's right, four years ago. And a couple other things from 2018, 2019, yada, yada. And of course, like when I first get this letter, I think it's a scam. You know, like those Nigerian dudes that need you to send you money and all that. I mean, obviously paying taxes is a scam to start with. Um, you know, maybe I pissed someone off with the podcast. I joked with Scott about that. Um, but yeah, I honestly thought it was some kind of scheme, but uh, it, it wasn't. Um, you know, and it wouldn't be the first time I'd piss someone off. Probably won't be the last. But... Um, so it's honestly, we're not talking Willie Nelson, Al Sharpton, Wesley Knight, Snipes kind of shit where I have to leave the country. It's not a huge amount. It's just kind of, it's a head scratcher. Like, really? Four years? Okay. Um, so then the other night, and this story has more than when I wrote this. 
it, we, we had thought our dish dishwasher had taken a shit at like 8 p.m. of course because nothing ever breaks like at a good I mean is there a good time for anything to go bad because I, I don't know so it's like 8 p.m. why not right um, so we start ch troubleshooting uh, checking breakers looking at YouTube videos to see uh, what it could be and all that because that's usually my go-to for home issues I'm not the most mechanically inclined person um, I usually will text Brandon or Luke or you know call Kai's dad my dad um, to troubleshoot any kind of issues because I'm mechanically an idiot um, I own that knowing you know knowing your limitations is a very important thing I think in life and knowing your strengths understanding your weaknesses and you know I'm way better with stuff than I ever thought I'd be. Probably better than anyone who was around me growing up thought I would ever be. And I'm not saying that's a big pat on the back, but it's just like, whoa. Yeah, you know, sometimes I do things, and they're minor things, that, and people are, I'm like, <laughs> I did that. But anyways. So, yeah, we think the dishwasher's taking a shit. And, you know, I... I Upon talking to another friend of mine, it turned out to be something very simple as when one per one of us had the breaker off, the other one flipped the switch down, and me not knowing what she was doing and vice versa, we had killed the power to it and almost took this thing and put it out on the curb the other night, and it's fine. Literally, I had just, yeah. So... But thank God, because apparently dishwashers are not cheap. I mean, we've had this one since we, you know, moved in. Like, I don't know, shortly after we moved in in 2013. Um, you know, obviously the price on everything has gone up. But, you know, <laughs> but when things go wrong and stuff like that, like, like that's just life, right? Like, it, like it happens. Um you know, stuff just goes to shit sometimes. There's not always a reason. There's not always a why. It's not always someone's fault. It just kind of happens, you know. And you can't let it ruin everything. I mean, in the scheme of things, as bad as it was that night, it was just a dishwasher. You know, I mean, dishes can be washed by hand. Um, you know, I didn't see that as being something I wanted to do every day. I mean, that's just not for me. Hence why there's a huge supply of paper cups or, or paper plates around here. Um, you know, it gets you thinking, though, because then you're like, damn, is the fridge, the stove, the washer and dryer, you know, they were all purchased around the same time. Is that going to go next? Oh, uh, what am I going to do? Am I going to have to spend all this money? Um, you know, and it's it comes at one of those times where you're doing really well, you know, and you're making plans, you know, and then bam, the tax issue, and then bam, we thought this. Which, thank God, you know, the dishwasher's fine, but uh, then poop, you know. But, like, shit going wrong and things falling out of the sky. and happen. Like, that's the price of admission for life, you know, isn't it? Like, shit is literally just going to happen. Things will go wrong. It will seem like the sky is falling at times. But it's not, you know. It, it's eventual, is what I always tell myself. Everything is. Everything is eventual. Stephen King, that's where that came from. You know, I try not to get worked up about things in real life. I really do. I mean, now, arguing with strangers on social media about politics or whatever, that's different. Like, that's, as my wife would say, that's me educating people. But, um, 
you know, I don't really get that crazy about things because why? I mean, it totally it would totally suck to have to spend that money to get a new one. But on the other hand, at least I'm fortunate enough to be able to do so or to have a home to put it in to start with. I mean, I have my health. You know, my family has their health. I have all of you guys, you know, which I'm very fortunate for. Um, life will be bumpy sometimes, you know. You just got to say, so be it, and, and roll with it and go where life takes you. I mean, it's honestly all you can do because if you think about it, being unhappy is a weight. It's just too heavy to carry, you know, like stress. You have to find things in this crazy new world that kind of keep you sane. Reading, taking a walk, whiskey, uh, travel, some kind of hobby, whatever. You know, because too much idle time, you know, just absorbing the world we currently live in, it will make you sink. You know, and men mental health issues are on the rise like crazy now, pun intended. Um... And how could they not be with isolation, all the isolation, fear, panic, dismay, discourse, division? This country is ripe in misery and things that will make you shake your head and or cry. You know, but I don't know. Find faith. Talk to people. Don't suffer in silence. Um, hell, maybe even start a podcast to speak the crazy shit that you think is in your head that maybe you think no one wants to hear and you just be surprised. The next thing you know... People everywhere from, you know, all over the place are tuning in to listen to it. Like, seriously, you guys. Like, this is an ever-growing audience. And you guys, you guys are a godsend at times. All the time, I guess. And I appreciate every one of you. From Pennsylvania to South Africa. From Japan to Spain. California to Minnesota. Uh, you guys tune in. You listen to me. You interact with me on social media. Message me. It's great. Honestly, it's clarity for me at times. And I think uh, more than anything, it gives me that sense that, hey, you know, you're not alone. Not that I, I feel alone in life, because I don't. I don't mean that, like, literally. I think, it, you know, in the way I see things, in the way I feel about things, like, to not feel alone like that. Um, and I, because I assure you, in this house, between the four dogs and my family, you're never alone. Um, you know, but as long as you guys keep tuning in and the whiskey stays cold i'll be here you know i'll keep talking making you laugh making you laugh at me with me and you know we'll have a great time but that's all i got this week folks so uh have a great weekend and uh go pack go tomorrow <laughs>